the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. For the full episode of The Dennis Prager Show, go to PragerTopia.com, sign up, and become a full member. Hey, everybody. Dennis Prager here. Sitting in for me is a man who has reached the great level of a man who needs no introduction. And that I mean quite sincerely. Larry Elder, my dear friend for so many years. Enjoy him, and I'll be back Monday. And as you just heard, this is Larry Elder, also known as the great Eldersky, sitting in for Dennis Prager. Uh, he will be back on Monday. Dennis and I go back a long way, almost uh, 30 years. We met when I was living and working in Cleveland, even though I'm from here. I think I told you a little bit about that story. I did a show called Morning Exchange, which, which was a live kind of local Today show. And I go in there one day, and there's this guy with uh, white hair sitting in the chair of the regular host. And I did my thing. It was a segment on, I think it was called work, uh, Sexual Harassment in the Workplace, about five or ten minutes. And I was, I was good. And I'm getting ready to leave. There's about a 90-second break. And I overheard somebody say to Dennis, when are you going back to Los Angeles? And I said, do you live in Los Angeles? He said, yes, I'm not from there, but I live there now. I said, well, I'm from there. He said, what are you doing in Cleveland? I said, well, I came here to work for a law firm. Now I have a little bit of business. And he said, well, that's fantastic. You were you were amazing. Um, next time you're in L.A., why don't you come on my radio show and you can do a segment? And I said, fine. Now, I know at the time very little about uh, talk radio. I mean, I knew who Howard Stern was. I knew who... Uh, Rush Limbaugh was, but I didn't listen to them regularly because I lived downtown and I walked to work and a lot of people have the experience of listening to talk radio in their cars. So I did not know who Dennis was. Now I should tell you that KABC, where Dennis and I used to work, was the world's first 24-7 talk station. And I think it started in 1965 and the very first day it started, my mom had it on and never had it off until she died. So that evening, I'm talking to my mom, long distance, of course. At the very end of the conversation, I said, by the way, mom, I met somebody. I'm sure you know him because you know so much about talk radio. His name is Dennis. Dennis something or other. The last name starts with P. And she said, Prager? And almost blasted off my ear. She screamed so loud. Uh, she said, he is by far my favorite host. I can't believe you met him. And he said he'd have you on his show. He almost never has guests. And I said, well, he said he'd have me on the next time I'm home. Oh, my God, what an honor, what an honor. Well, fast forward, uh, December, this happened in June or July. I'm home in L.A., and I called Dennis, and he didn't return the phone call. So I'm sitting having dinner with my mom. She said, well, did you call Dennis about appearing on his show? I said, yeah, I did, but he didn't return the phone call. My mom got the phone, set it next to me. In those days, no cell phones. And she said, call him right now. So I called him, and Dennis answered, and he had me on the show and I was on for almost an hour, I think longer than that, even though initially I was there to be just be on there for one segment. And Dennis just gushed about my performance. And I told Dennis, if you think so highly of me, would you tell 
uh, George Green, the programming director, about me. Because two years earlier, I had sat in on a radio show in Cleveland for one week. That happened because I wrote an article for the uh, Plain Dealer newspaper, the largest newspaper in Ohio, and it got published. This is almost 40 years ago, where I argued that racism was no longer a major impediment to black progress. Not that racism was eliminated, but that if you work hard, keep your nose clean, avoid the criminal justice system in America, you'll be just fine. It got published. And I get a phone call from a producer of a radio show. And he said, I read your article today in The Plain Dealer. Did you write it? I said, yeah. He said, are you black? I said, well, I've been told. Uh, I'm a producer of a radio show. Would you mind coming on my guy's show tonight and talk about your article? Now, I'd never been on radio before. I said, sure. So I did it. I was supposed to be there for one segment. I was there for a whole hour. Now, Cleveland is almost 50% black. So most of the callers were black, and they were not having it. I was called a sellout, an Uncle Tom, a bug-eyed Uncle Tom, a foot-shuffling bug-eyed Uncle Tom, a um, antichrist, uh, and one that I was called that in those days, including now, that you call somebody who's black when you really want to hurt his feelings. I was called Republican. And I drove back home. I said, I'll never do that again. And so the station manager calls me and said, you were fantastic. I said, I was. I said, oh, my goodness. Would you mind sitting in for the, for the guy uh, going on vacation next week for, for a whole week? And I said, no, I don't think so. He said, why? I said, I don't like it. What don't you like about it? I said, I don't like people yelling at me, and I don't like yelling back at them. He said, are you married? <laughs> I said, I am. He said, go home and talk it over with your wife. I did. And my wife said, what do you know about talk radio? I said, I know very little about it other than it seems shallow, glib, and stupid. She said, it is. You'd be good at it. So I sat in for that one week, and I loved it. And then I sent out uh, tapes of that week to people in L.A. at the major stations and to try to get into radio because I really loved it. And nobody cared. And so I kind of forgot about it until I met Dennis. And so then Dennis walked down the hall, mentioned me to the programming director. He gave me a two-day audition. After one day, he said, you want this job? I said, I think so. He said, well, go out tonight. Have a good time. Don't speak so darn quickly. I said, George, I don't speak quickly. People hear too slowly. I am sitting in for Dennis Prager, Larry Oda. The number is 877-243-7776-877-243-7776. As I said, this is the great Oldersky sitting in for Dennis Prager. The number, if you'd like to call in and join the show, 877-243-7776. We are going to talk about over the course of the next two hours. It's now a two-hour show, right, Mr. McConnell? How do you get in all this stuff in just two hours? As quickly as I speak, I cannot get in all this stuff in two hours. I'm going to talk about the three, $355 million judgment. Frankly, it's almost over $400 million when you throw in the interest against, uh, against Trump. Uh, because of that judgment, the New York judgment, uh, the case filed by Letitia James, who vowed when she ran to get Donald Trump. Truckers are so upset, by the way that they say they may not deliver cargo to New York. Now, if Trump is a nominee, as seems very likely, can he win? The argument that Nikki Haley is making is that, yeah, he can win the nomination, but he won't beat Joe Biden in the general. We're going to talk about that. Guess who's complaining about the negative media coverage he's been getting? Joe Biden. All of a sudden, the media is now beginning to talk about his mental fitness uh, and a spokesperson for the White House put out a statement to the media blasting them, and the media got ticked off about that. Now, I also want to tell you about how the great Eldersky almost attended the championship football game in Houston 
Michigan, where I went to law school. Versus Washington, a great game. Larry was in Houston, had tickets to see the game. Somehow, some way, ended up not going. I will tell you about that story. But first, I want to talk to you about my Aunt Maggie. I mentioned to you that I lived in Cleveland for a while. My Aunt Maggie is 92 years young. She was a nurse, worked in the maternity ward, loved, loved, loved assisting doctors delivering babies. She said there's nothing more joyous than seeing life. And she has belonged to the same church for some 60 years. She was married to my late Uncle Thurman for almost 60 years. Sings in the choir. She has a beautiful, almost four-octave voice. Never misses a Sunday. So in June of last year, she's walking from her car to church by herself, drive, still, still driving. And she got mugged at gunpoint. Some thug knocked her down, took her purse, and took her Bible. Now, she did not end up going to the hospital. But from that point on, no longer drives by herself, can't, and now walks with a cane when she didn't do it before. They caught the dude because he was stupid enough to have been caught on videotape. The church where my Aunt Maggie goes has videotape everywhere, and they caught him. And it turned out she had been one of five victims in a month-long spree. Three of them were church ladies leaving their car walking into church. That apparently was his M.O. Now, this is from Cleveland.com. The robbery spree started on June 7. LaDon Moore went up to a man on a ladder working on a home. When the man came down off the ladder, Moore pulled a pistol on him and demanded everything he had. The man threw himself to the ground, tossed his cell phone and wallet to Moore, who scooped up the items and took off. Moore then used the cell phone to call the man's wife. He demanded she give him either the man's social security number or his bank account information. If she didn't, he would blow his head off. The woman thought it was a prank and hung up. She then called her husband back and Moore answered. The suspect answered, repeated the threat. This time the woman gave up the information but called the cops. Six days later, he held up a dollar store at gunpoint. After assaulting my aunt the next day, he goes up to a woman in a different church parking lot and pulls out a gun on her. When she said she didn't have any money on her, he made her walk to the nearby gas station and take money out of an ATM to give it to him. He also robbed another woman at a gas station parking lot. The next day, he tried to rob another 63-year-old woman outside another church. woman ran into the church, called for help. He ran away. Unfortunately for him, as I said, he was captured on videotape. This time, he pleaded guilty, received a sentence of 18 years. In court, he apologized. Quote, it was a cowardly, desperate act. I'm sorry. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I'm sorry. End of quote. You know why he said he did it? To provide for his two children. By the way, this is his third prison stint. One time he did eight years for aggravated assault. One time he did five years for aggravated assault. This time he's got 18 years. Now, the judge clearly knows my aunt because he told the suspect, now convicted man, I hope you feel that everybody in this court still believes that you are not beyond redemption. 
And I know that Maggie will be praying for you every day for your soul. And my aunt does. Now, I mention this because this is a perfect storm. You've got all these soft on crime DAs backed by George Soros money, either directly or indirectly. You have things like cashless bail. You have this assault on the police, arguing that the police are systemically racist. And so in departments all around the country, whether it's New York, whether it's Chicago, whether it's Cleveland, whether it's L.A., where I am right now, cops are down hundreds, if not thousands. As a result, the response time is longer, and bad guys are completely, totally aware of this. And when you make it easier for a bad guy to steal, easier for him to avoid capture, easier for him to avoid conviction, crime will go up. They may be criminals, but they're not stupid. And that's what's going on in this country. And I will say again, a disproportionately high percentage of these bad guys are black men, often young black men, many of whom have no fathers in the home. We're talking about the percentage of young black men in this country, roughly 6 to 7% of the population, responsible for nearly 26% of some of these crimes. 50% of the homicide victims in this, Ameri- in this country are black. 60% of the robberies, of the shootings, of the homicides committed by blacks, often against other blacks. Until we get to the root cause, an expression that many people on the left love to talk about, and that is fatherlessness. By that I'm talking about not having a father in the home married to the mother. If you Google the myth of fatherlessness, you're going to find a lot of hits. Supposedly black men are, quote, more involved, close quote, in the upbringing of their children than white men. If that is true, please explain to me the disproportionate amount of crime committed by black people, often against black people. The number one cause of preventable death for a 19-year-old white male and under is accidents, like car accidents or drownings or drug overdoses. The number one cause of preventable death for a young black male, 19 and under, is homicide, almost always at the hands of another young black male. A black male aged 10 to 43 is 13 times more likely to be murdered than a white male in the same demo. If black men are involved in all their children's lives, if there is a myth of black fatherlessness, please tell me what it is unless you're prepared to say that black people are just genetically inclined to commit more crime, you have to ask yourself, what is causing this? If it isn't the absence of fathers in the home, I'm all ears. Please tell me what it is. 877-243-7776. And please don't tell me poverty and racism. 1940, 87% of blacks lived below the poverty line. And of course, there was virulent racism in 1940. KKK was still alive, Jim Crow still alive before Brown versus Board of Education, before the Civil Rights Act, you did not find this kind of criminal activity. So please tell me what it is. When we come back, truckers are so upset, they say they may not deliver cargo to New York because of this outrageous judgment against former President Donald Trump. $355 million for what? For allegedly inflating the value of its properties to, to get loans? Everybody does that. 
I've had the privilege of meeting a lot of very wealthy people when I was running for government, including a lot of very wealthy real estate developers. And they tell me to a person, we all inflate the value of our property to get loans, and then we deflate the value to minimize the amounts of taxes that we pay. If Donald Trump is guilty, we're all guilty. And that is why a lot of business people are going to pull up stakes and leave New York. If you want the New York tax base to shrivel up, if you're demanding that they shrivel up, you could not have done it better than what Letitia James had just done to former President Donald Trump. All of that and more. 877-243-7776-877-243-7776. We're also going to be talking later on about whether or not Donald Trump can win the general. I don't know that you realize the array of people that aligned to prevent him from winning in 2020. I want to remind you of the cabal, the avalanche of people that tried to stop President Trump. Don't go away. The Dennis Prager Show. For the full episode of The Dennis Prager Show, go to PragerTopia.com, sign up, and become a full member. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.